0: Hello, and welcome to Millennial 645. I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela.
0: Laura was looking at me like I did something wrong. I'm trying to shake up the intro, okay, Laura? I didn't Laura? look at
2: you like you did something wrong.
0: <laughs> you got bug-eyed. You're like... Well,
2: no, I had an itch on my face. I was oh, itching sorry. it. Oh,
0: sorry. Sorry. I've ruined the whole show already. <laughs> the whole did. mood's off now. Laura's pissed uh, at me.
2: No, we have to... You've you've thrown off the feng shui. Like, we've got
0: <laughs> to start over. Restart. All right, here we go. <laughs> Just kidding. How was y'all's Thanksgivings?
2: Really nice. Super relaxing. I didn't do anything. I
1: slept.
0: Good. That's the
1: best Thanksgiving. Mine was super quiet. We just decorated the house and that was it, which is fine with me.
0: Yeah. Pat and I went to Zion National Park. It's about a little under three hours from here. It's I've heard about Zion basically all my life. It's one of the most beautiful national parks in the country. I'm sure you two have heard of it before, right? Yeah. In uh, south southwestern Utah, and it lived up to expectations. I was very surprised. Most people, even though the park is obviously outdoors, most people were wearing a mask. And if they weren't, if you started walking by somebody on a trail. Uh, they would put the mask on. And I was like, wow, this is really great for Utah. That's great. Larger than life. Pictures don't do it justice. Just absolutely beautiful. We're going to go back over the summer because there's this trail where you actually walk up the river. I didn't do the big one. I asked in the millennial group uh, what Zion recommendations given to me. People said, do Angels Landing, Angels Landing. No, Angels Landing is the biggest most strenuous, most deadly trail in Zion. And I wasn't (laughs) about to become a statistic over Thanksgiving. I have a weird issue with heights. So I was like, Pat, if you want to do it fine. They had a little count of how many people have died walking Angels Landing since 2004 and said 11. I said, see that, Pat? I'm not going to be number 12. (laughs) You can be number 12 if you want. But I'm not going to be. I
1: thought you were going to say like at each mile mark they told you <laughs> another person who died. Imagine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So now nah, too high, too hard for me. I I hike to relax. Um. But my gosh, like I said, so beautiful. Also, funny moment. We were walking Brooklyn along the main drag. At one point, someone rolls down their window in a moving car and yells out the window, "Your dog is a masterpiece." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I saw the picture that you took of him, presumably, at the state park that was on our social. The
0: National Park, Laura. The National Park.
2: Excuse me, National Park.
1: He does look like a masterpiece.
0: Yeah, you know, (laughs) I'm a good photographer. He's photogenic. It works out. By the way, bonus recommendation. If you live near any national parks, you got to get a National Parks annual pass. $80 for an entire year for up to four people. So everybody in your car. Eighty bucks total fuck Disneyland that shits a thousand dollars per person for a year, eighty dollars for a whole year. highly recommend that, and it's not just national parks. The National park pass covers uh some other types of parks around the country as well anyway um and Laura, you voted. I
2: did vote, so you dumb
0: bitch, the election was a month ago,
2: <laughs> so I've been harping on and on about the uh Senate runoff that we have going on here in Georgia that's on January fifth of twenty twenty one um, as of the date that this episode's released, the voter registration deadline has passed. However, if you are registered to vote, you can request an absentee ballot if you would prefer to vote that way, or you can start voting in person uh, for early voting starting December 14th. Um, I personally chose to uh, vote early via an absentee ballot just because with coronavirus cases on the rise, I didn't really want to stand in line to vote. Um, but again, just like the general election, it was very easy to fill this out and find a Dropbox to deliver it to. And I got notification that it was received today. So nice. All's well that ends well.
0: That's some peace of mind, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Over our break, Spotify let us look at our year in reviews, aka Spotify wrapped. We got to discuss these. They're always interesting to review. And I always feel so bad for Apple Music users who don't get this super nice look at their year on spotify pam who were your top 5 artists i'm just going to guess right now that one of them has to be taylor swift i'm going to say she was number 2
1: um no she's number 1 <laughs>
0: <laughs> got everybody i saw everybody had taylor swift in their top 5 yeah, artists she put out list. a great that
1: album me. for quarantine first and foremost
0: but yeah.
1: you know also she put out an album the year before so she's riding high
0: Right. Everybody was a lot of listening new content. Yeah. To Lover. Who were your remaining four?
1: Um, okay, so my number two was a wild card. It's actually um Alexander Desplot, who's <laughs> a composer, and I was trying oh. to figure out why. And then I was looking at It's Harry Potter, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he did um what was it, like the third or fourth movie or something like that, right? The score. I don't know. But I think but it was I... the sixth one, maybe. No, we'll see. This is why I don't do the Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> I was trying to figure out out why he ranks so high and and um, it wasn't until I looked at the, you know, they give you a playlist of all of the, I guess, the most played songs that you, that were on heavy rotation for you for the year. And it turns out that I started the year off by listening to the Little Woman soundtrack. So it tracks. It makes sense. But I was really surprised that I listened to it enough for him to uh rank so high. You know, it's funny, Pam. He was my number two. <laughs> oh, really? For the yeah. Harry Potter soundtrack? Yes, because... What? It's the listening, like, yeah, uh, focus music. That's
2: the thing. So when I'm working or if I'm, like, trying to write something and I don't want to be distracted by song lyrics, I love to put on classical music. And it just so happens that I really like, I think it's the sixth Harry Potter soundtrack that he did. So I've got that in my classical music rotation. And I guess it just comes up a lot. I have a lot of listening hours on that album, so that's why.
0: Nicholas Hooper did number six.
1: Oh, then
2: which one did you do?
0: did seven and eight.
1: Seven Seven and eight. Wow, we were both way off. We were off, (laughs) yeah. Um,
2: But yeah, I mean, I was very surprised to see that as well. But also, to be fair, me and Mark share a Spotify account, so I feel like my results are kind
1: of Mm -hmm. off.
0: You got. Um, you got to get your own. Get it on a yeah. family plan, and then you can split that. Because so, you don't want so, uh, his recommendations to be in yours, and eh. vice versa.
2: I mean, it's not like it, it's. I'm gonna get cooties from it.
0: <laughs> I'm a data nerd, so I want it to be <laughs> the I real mess name. It up.
1: Yeah, like I also use my mom's account. We don't, um, because if I'm driving her car for whatever reason, like I'll, or, or if I'm in the car with her, I'll take over. The music, and so it's always her Spotify. So her, like, she doesn't care. But I felt like I got a completely different look at, you know, just looking at that wrapped, like, on my listening habits in her car, based on my listening yeah. habits on my computer, which is pretty funny.
0: This is another reason I don't want to play outro music on the show anymore because y'all's recommendations are going to screw up my racks because we're playing it through my oh Spotify. My God. Is that the you real get reason them from why YouTube? we stopped doing that? I could get them from YouTube. No, Laura, that's not the real reason. I don't want to be sued to death, okay?
1: Oh, should I keep going with my list? Are we doing all five or
0: yeah, what are the just quickly, what are they? Oh,
1: um Harry Styles, The Beach Boys, and Halsey.
0: Beach Boys. Okay. I love
1: the Beach Boys. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: want to brag, but I I saw them live once. I did too. Oh. At the okay. County nice. Fair.
2: <laughs> oh, at
0: the County Fair. Love it. Yeah. Lori, your top five?
2: So the first one I'm gonna blame Mark for since we do share an account. Number one was Fallout Boys. <laughs> and I was kind of mad when I saw it I was like this is your fault Um, (laughs) see this is why
0: you need a separate account you got mad um,
2: the rest of it tracks though so uh, obviously Alexander Desplat and then number three was gorillas makes sense Mm -hmm. number four was Frank Turner and number five was the original Broadway cast of Hamilton (laughs) I love that these are all correct
0: (laughs) My top five are Bruce, Gaga, U2, Taylor Swift, and Led Zeppelin. So a mix of classic rock and pop. Though, I'm going to brag for a second. I was not only in Bruce's top 5%. I was in his top 0.05%. So like me and 10 oh other my people. God. <laughs> was he your number one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Did they tell you, they also tell you like what the, um what song from your number one artist was like your most played, right? So what was your... Your oh, it was that a
0: was Bruce mostly... one from one of his two new albums, but mm. my top song overall for the year was Stupid Love by Gaga.
2: Did y'all have any podcasts that tracked for you?
0: I don't use Spotify to listen oh. to podcasts, so that's, that's a bummer for me. I
1: did, and I knew that it was going to be this show, um, Dissect, which is like my favorite podcast. I've heard of that. They've been yeah. doing that for... Um, a couple of seasons now it, it's mostly steeped in like r&b and hip-hop but it's just such a good show if you're a, a big music nerd um, they do really good research over there and it's really fun how about you laura so my
2: top well they gave you two my top listen to podcast was um um wow i can't believe i'm forgetting it spooked Excuse me, by the people who do Snap Judgment. Um, But then my top binged podcast, because it gave you two results, Um, the podcast that I binged the most in single settings was Haunted Places, which I know I've recommended here on the show before. I love spooky shit. So. Yeah. (laughs) So. About right.
0: I listen to tech podcasts. Those are the only shows that I listen to. So it would have been one of those two or three that I listen to. Also, shout out to anybody who has been listening to Millennial through Spotify and shared that Millennial was one of your top podcasts of the year. That's always really nice to see. There is also some big tech news while we were out. Well, I guess it's not tech news. I'm still thinking about my tech podcast. HBO Max is going to debut all, all 2021 wb movies day and date with their theatrical releases this is huge news suicide squad space jam dune godzilla versus kong the conjuring in the heights matrix 4 they are all going to be on hbo max the same day that they hit theaters in 2021 movie theaters are pissed they are so disappointed (laughs) in wb Disney has a big uh, Disney Plus presentation in the next week or two, and there's already rumors that they might do something similar in 2021. So, uh, you know, and this might seriously kill some movie theaters. WB, obviously one of the biggest studios, and now you can, you don't have to go to a theater next year or really pay much extra to see any of these movies, especially if you're already an HBO Max subscriber. Pam, what did you make of this?
1: This is a game changer, honestly. and. I was especially surprised that they're not going to charge you extra because Disney kind of made it seem like this was the only way they could get some kind of money returned on these big budget films, specifically Mulan, which we all had to pay $30 extra for if we decided to watch that. And HBO and WWE just came in and said, you know what, like you guys... Just have to pay for the subscription.
0: Yep, which is fifteen um, a month. So
1: yeah, that was a big uh, fu to Disney, and if they don't follow suit, people are probably not going to be as uh, lenient.
0: The one caveat is that these movies are only going to be on HBO Max for a month, but obviously that's not going to be difficult to watch one of these movies in that month window. Window. Right. Um, so. Yeah, that is, whoo, that is big news. But you know what? I don't blame them because we don't know what's going to happen in 2021. We don't know how long of it's going to take for everybody to get the vaccine right? and then be comfortable to go back into theaters. And they don't want to keep delaying their movies. I don't blame them. Yeah, we talked about this a couple
1: of times on the show. And and it's just like, at what point are you too far ahead of your own slate? And then at what point does the technology or even the the storytelling become dated? And these days, the answer to both of those last questions is, relatively quickly you know like even take a look at hamilton hamilton came out not very long ago in 2016 it was revered and then it came out at disney plus and people were shitting on it for its romanticizing you know for romanticizing the revolutionary war yeah so
0: guys it's crazy wonder woman is called wonder woman 1984 because it was supposed to come out in 1985 (laughs) coronavirus has (laughs) <laughs> Shut up. We're in a coronavirus time loop. <laughs> time warp. <laughs> no, but that's a great point, Pam.
2: Um, we also just wanted to touch on this um Elliot page of Umbrella Academy Fame, also Juno, also Inception, announced that he is trans on social media last week and shared that his pronouns are he, them. Um, and also just wrote a really heartfelt letter about this. Um, just cluing the world in and sharing that his preferred name is Elliot moving forward and we just wanted to take a moment to highlight this because we're so excited for Elliot and for anyone like him who is able to find and be comfortable with their authentic self so yeah
0: Yeah. and the letter was very matter of fact Mm -hmm. he was just like hey guys so my name's Elliot and then Wrote more, obviously, but just the way that he introduced the news, I thought was really, really great. Mm-hmm. And Netflix was on it. They've already changed Elliot's name to Elliot on on Umbrella Academy. I think, like, even in the credits, like they jumped on it really quick. So good yeah. for them.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's the right way to do it. And I think this is a good time to just like highlight that um, you can you can be like part of um, recognizing Elliot's identity without deadnaming him. Um, so deadnaming is when you, of course, would use um, some the name that somebody used previously prior to a transition. Um, and that can be really damaging and really hurtful. Um, so it's very easy to kind of like we just talked about at the beginning of this point, just say like, hey, oh, Elliot Page, you don't know him. He's in Umbrella Academy. He was in Juno. He was in um, Inception, things like that. Like it's it's very easy <laughs> to do that without going down the path of like, oh, well, he used to be. <laughs> like that's not a way that you want to go with that conversation. And I know that many – folks are still learning how to have these conversations and how to do so in a sensitive way. So Yeah. Um just a good reminder for all of us.
0: You two were very excited about a show that is now on Netflix. You've been talking about it, I think all year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah Pam and I were very <laughs> <Uh-oh>. were. <laughs> Pam and I were very excited about the Selena series that released on Netflix last Friday, December 4th. Pam, I'm going to let you take a crack at this first.
1: (laughs) So Laura and I have been uh, texting about this all weekend. (laughs) And oh, my God, I feel so bad because I know so many people were so excited about this show, ourselves included. And I'll just tell you guys what I told Laura, which is that you can definitely tell that the family was very heavily involved in the making of this series. I don't even know why. That was a surprise to me because they're very heavily involved in anything that has to do with her likeness. You know, like, I don't know um, how many of you guys listening kind of know the the history of, of Selena, but shortly after she died, her father made it a point to lock down those rights for everything. So the family is, you know, very controlling of her likeness and her estate. And that also means that I think that sometimes whenever projects like this happen, they gloss over a lot of um, maybe unsavory traits. And it was really cool, I guess, in a positive, uh, just to talk about something positive, it was really cool to get a bit more of an understanding of how her brother and sister uh, fit into the fold of things, because they also played in her band for her whole duration of um as a musician. And that's something that kind of gets glossed over, especially if all you know is what you've seen in like the nineties biopic. But it also kind of just means that I don't think we got a huge insight into who Selena is because there's only so much time even in a TV series. And you can't mm-hmm. really, you know, dive into everything even if you can dive into more on a show than you can in a movie. I
2: felt and I told you this it felt like one of my childhood icons got the sitcom treatment mm. like it really the show like the characters all felt like sitcom versions of their human counterparts and that really bothered me because it's not what i was expecting um and i mean there you can kind of go down the rabbit hole of like some other critiques, like the lip syncing was awful and the
1: wigs are awful.
2: <laughs> um, so I also like have
1: a complaint about the dancing, but <gasps> right, the dancing is <laughs> yeah. so bad. Did you notice too that they like every time you were hoping to get a full body shot of the dancing, they cut, cut to a, yeah, to a tight shot. And the only explanation I can think of is that she couldn't get the moves down. So they, they stuck
2: to like oh. torso up. Oh, and yeah. I mean here here's what I'll say. I mean to in Christian Siradous's defense, Selena is iconic. I don't think there's anybody on the planet who would ever be able to replicate that. I don't think there's anyone who would ever be quote-unquote good enough um to sort of like really make you suspend your disbelief. Even JLo who I her performance is very much like held It's held to a very high standard, because I think for a lot of people, you know, we were very young when Selena died. And I think for a lot of people in our age group, and then even people younger than that, JLo was the closest thing that they ever got to see to the real thing. Um, So sometimes people, I think, conflate the two. And they'll like, look at somebody like Christian Serratos and be like, well, she's not like Selena. And it's like, well, JLo wasn't either. Um, it's just J-Lo has been perceived as filling the role for longer than Selena was alive. I mean, Selena died when she was 23. It's been 25 years. So J-Lo has literally had more time to fill those shoes than she did. And I'll also say,
1: too, that I, I don't know if you remember this, Laura. I'm sure that you do. J.Lo has only been, um, she's only really received love for her portrayal of Selena over the course of maybe the the past like 10 years, if anything. There was so much controversy surrounding her casting, first and foremost, because she's Puerto Rican, not Mexican American, and that's a really big deal. But also because of the timeline between when Selena died and when that movie was made. And also because like Laura was saying, it's almost impossible to fill selena's shoes and they the family has been trying you know like even outside of these larger projects that we see on the main stage that get a lot of buzz like i i don't know if you remember this but i remember like every year or every two years growing up they'd be on you know sabado gigante trying to find the next selena yeah and like having selena look and the like her parents were like and her brother and her sister were like heavily involved in these contests and it's just it's um it's kind of bonkers, really. Uh, so for yeah. a lot of people, I think that, you know, they see this as a way to keep her me- her legacy alive. Um, but then for people that have been lifelong fans, like Laura and I, it's it's like it, they've never stopped. You know, it's not just that they waited 25 years after they made the biopic to return to her to to try and, like, make something more of her legacy. Like, they've been doing this for a very long time.
2: Yeah. And also, I mean you mentioned the timing of the biopic. I mean, she, Selena was murdered in 1995, and that movie hit theaters in 97. Um, So when you think about the timeline that goes along with making a movie, that kind of gives you an idea how quickly they started moving on that project. And a lot of fans are very critical of the Quintanilla family for that. Like, There are a lot of people who feel that they're just trying to cash in um, and that they just won't let Selena be dead, basically. And like there's I mean, there's some stuff like a few years ago, they were advertising that they were going to do a Selena hologram tour and that the Selena hologram was going to perform and that Selena would be releasing, quote unquote, new music and things like that. And um, it's it's a little bit disconcerting as a fan because you do want more but at the same time you're like this is kind of getting into uncanny valley territory
1: I don't know if we need this yeah it's it is it is really hard because like obviously anytime something big happens like I want to cover it I want to know I want to buy the things like hello mac cosmetics line I was very excited for that at the same time you take a step back and you're like I'm just feeding the beast you know and I I wanted to bring up one thing that you said when we were texting about this, which is that, you know, specifically the portrayal of her father um, on the show comes off for maybe somebody that doesn't know the history of the family as like, what did you call him? A a Hallmark dad? Like a stern Hallmark dad? It's like stern but lovable. Yeah. Yeah. But in reality, you know, he's like the hispanic joe jackson like if you know anything about the jackson five and michael jackson's father and how hard he pushed them like abraham quintanilla is in that league and yeah you you see that on the show and i think that it is interesting that they they kind of let some of that seep in but i totally agree with laura that if you know nothing then you might just see it as as a father that that you know wants his kids to succeed and his is very stoic and stern and stuff, but. right?
2: And like some of the things they kind of write off as being like, yeah, this isn't great that this happened, but it's funny. Like they kind of try to put a funny spin on it, like, oh, dad, <laughs> making me climb into a dumpster again, you know? Yeah, and yeah. That I'm like, oh god, that's just not that's not it. Like, um, and Chris Perez, who was Selena's husband, um, the family especially Abraham, did him so dirty. And it really bothers me that they continue to use his likeness in, you know, the movie and the show and things like that. Um, But he was forced to give up his rights to her estate. Abraham Quintanilla sued Chris Perez when he was shopping his book around to try and make like a TV show or a movie about their love story because he wants sole control over portrayals of Selena um, so even though her husband, who's still very much is invested in that, wants to share his story too, he's been very limited in being able to do
1: that. So um, justice for Chris. <laughs> yeah, but God bless him because he's still like, I still see him do interviews from time to time. I know yep. he was involved in the in the lo billboard tribute that they did a few years back. Like he came back to play with the band and the fact that he's big enough to do that because he wants to honor her legacy like, I, I would, I would not blame him if he didn't want to
0: partake at all. I know. I appreciate how passionate you guys are, but we gotta move on.
1: No, <laughs> I know, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> sorry. We really done like a special on this. Yeah, there's you should I feel like you we could have. just talk about it forever. I'm sorry.
2: I For know. more, join
0: their group we- chat. <laughs>
1: I can I can
2: talk about Selena for a very
0: long time. So the TLDR time. is that you guys were let down, they're trying to clean up her image and it's yes. a disappointment yeah. to see.
1: Yeah. But but silver lining is that it really it's it's only part one so like Obviously, we're going to watch
0: the second part. Yeah. Okay, we'll clear out our schedule for whatever that episode, whatever episode that occurs around.
1: <laughs> you could just stay. You could call it in, Andrew and, and Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Guys, here. I'm yeah. sick yeah. this week. That's Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So she's our Bruce. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all yeah, right. All exactly. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> No, loyalist lord said uh, he was living for the Selena breakdown. Though God the Discord me. went quiet after that, so I think it was only. Him.
1: I hope the rest of you were not. <laughs> as you were like poor. nobody else cares. <sighs> yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, we are getting ready to jump into some quick Jomentum and Rona updates. So now is the time to indulge in your favorite relaxation method. Here at Millennial, we're big fans of hemp bombs because we find CBD to be a truly helpful method for managing stress and anxiety. And they have just introduced their subscription and rewards program. You can sign up for a subscription of your favorite CBD product to be delivered to your door every month and save 20%. You can also choose every two months or every three months and save 15% and 10% respectively. With Hemp Bombs Rewards Program, you can earn points by buying products, following Hemp Bombs on social media, writing reviews, and so much more. You can use these points for coupon redemptions and work your way towards gold status to earn even more rewards. Earn 50 points just by signing up, then 1 point per $1 spent for bronze status, 1.5 points for every dollar spent for silver status, and 2 points for every dollar spent for gold status. Head to hempbombs.com slash rewards for more info. And when you go there, don't forget to enter code M I L L radio for thirty percent off. That's hempbombs.com slash rewards, and enter code M I L L Radio for thirty percent off today.
0: Real good stuff. We've been taking the gummies every night recently here in the Sims FinCutter household. That those are a delightful way to (laughs) relax at night. Okay, it's time for Jomentum 2020. Uh, I think back to that Saturday, like every day now. Wasn't that the greatest Saturday mm-hmm. to ever Saturday in the history of Saturdays?
2: <sighs> I mean, I just frankly keep reliving this every time a state recertifies its results after a <laughs> <I> recount. <know.
0: laughs> so much <laughs> losing. The Trump administration's attorney general, Bill Barr, said that the Department of Justice has found no evidence that would change the outcome of the election. So much losing. And The New York Times also reported over the weekend that Barr is considering stepping down from his post before Trump's term ends later next month. Um, which is kind of funny to me. Like he can't wait it out another month and a half. He just ha- has to get out of there. Soon. I know. I'm
2: like, so wait. You've come this far, and now you have to leave? Yeah,
0: yeah. Like stick it out for a few more weeks. Jeez, he's gonna be he off doesn't around want to Christmas. Get fired on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he he wants to get writing that book, that tell-all, in which right, we exactly. that he actually he had hates everyone Trump. else. Yeah.
2: Well, two fucking like I swear to God, it, all these people who have held off on these tell-all books, fuck you. Oh, my
0: God. There's going to be so many now. There's going to be Ugh. so many. Although they might think, I want to join his administration in 2024 if he decides to run again. I don't even want to think oh about God. that right now, though. And then, Laura, you touched yeah. on this at the top of the show, but the runoff is underway now in Georgia. Yeah, the
2: runoff is underway. Um, So there's a lot happening Um, First of all, Trump was here over the weekend, but he's at their signs are showing that he's actually hurting the cause more than helping it. Um, So an unintended side effect of the GOP's insistence that this election was rigged is that surprise, their supporters are now being like, well, if the elections are all rigged, why should I vote in the runoff?
0: Great point. Don't vote. Yeah. Don't vote.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I'm just like, okay, y'all just stay home. That's fine. Um, but he has actually been throwing Brian Kemp under the bus in the last couple of weeks, which has <laughs> been really funny because Kemp has spent the last two years so far up Trump's ass. I think he knows what the guy had for lunch like two years ago. It's unfucking. Real. It got to the point actually where Kemp and his lieutenant governor actually had to release a joint statement <laughs> saying, if we were to overturn the popular vote and certify the results in favor of Trump, that would be unconstitutional. And that's like the closest thing Kemp has ever done to rebuke Trump. And he had to do a joint statement <laughs> with his lieutenant governor in order to
0: what get a mess. Up the balls to
2: do it, I guess. Um, but also, we've had some debates. In the last couple of days, so the day before recording this episode, um, the Senate runoff candidates debated. So in the John Ossoff and David Perdue debate, um, it was just John Ossoff because David Perdue didn't show up. (laughs) it It was just John Ossoff and an empty podium.
0: That's so great.
2: And my favorite part was the debate moderator introed it like that. and The camera was just focused on this empty podium (laughs) as he's giving the bio info of David Perdue. He's like, he's a like this long setting senator and he's been on the board of da da da. Uh, He declined to accept our invitation for a debate tonight and will be represented by an empty podium. (laughs) I love that they did that. Um And then Raphael Warnock, who is challenging the incumbent Kelly Loeffler, um, she actually showed up for it, but I don't know if it was actually her or if it was the robot that they programmed to sound she, like
0: her that showed up. They aired that on CNN. I decided to watch it. She was stiff. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, what a boring person.
2: It, every point, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. So many times. Does,
0: so she, many her, times. That was her argument. He's a radical liberal. We'll prove it. Uh, I was I was very turned off by how often she used the term radical liberal in front of his name. Like basically every time she addressed him, she added that in front. It's just immature. She doesn't
2: know what else to say. Yeah, they don't have any other talking points because Mm. at the end of the day, she knows that she's being challenged for her record and her record as a senator is that she attended. Uh, an intel meeting prior to coronavirus blowing up the way it has. So she knew that this was going to be shitty. And what did she and her husband do after that? Sell, sell, sell. Yeah, they dumped all of their stocks and they invested in stocks for PPE and also um, virtual meeting programs. So they knew where this was going and they cashed out on it. So she's having to defend that. And that's why she's just sticking to these. Pre-written talking points because she has nothing else she can do. Wow! Yeah, yeah.
0: It's time for the Rona roundup. Let's check in at Rudy Giuliani's Michigan oversight hearing.
1: Did you? Do you even know the answer to that?
0: No, I guess it's. I'm trying to get to the bottom zero. of this here.
1: Zero. There's zero.
0: So, my question then is if the guess how
1: many? Wait, what about what about how what what about the turnout rate? A hundred and
0: twenty percent.
2: Let's uh, let's let Representative Johnson ask his plastic question,
0: (laughs) So the poll book number. There's two things that could happen here. Anyway, uh, a very drunk woman showed up at Rudy's hearing with him. Even Rudy was tapping her on the arm like, whoa, whoa, calm down. You've taken this too far. You're starting to look crazy. Not that I know anything about that. And the best part is she was
2: touted as their star witness for voter fraud in Detroit. <laughs>
0: Some girl they found at brunch who was still hungover from the previous day.
2: And uh, yeah. And I mean, it was an SNL sketch. And if you go and watch the SNL cold open, it's exactly that. You don't even have to watch it. It's the same
0: thing. Yeah. In fact, it wasn't as funny as the real thing. No, it <laughs> wasn't. no doing that justice. She went on for a while.
2: And we can't ignore the farting. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, there was farting at some point, <laughs> apparently, and SNL really leaned into that. Also, there was this delightful story: Christmas tree sales are up this year as people look to add a little happiness to their quarantine. But also, I'm like, um, have have like 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019 been much better? Like, <laughs> now you
1: need a Christmas tree? I thought they were saying that millennials were killing the christmas tree industry we're usually killing something
0: coronavirus saved it
1: <laughs> yeah because we were all buying fake trees instead <laughs>
0: yeah i have a fake tree i, I like yeah I me like too. fake tree
1: i have allergies yeah but i like the smell of a real christmas tree that is I the do big too. thing yeah
0: yeah and I you look too, at the bottom of I... the fake tree and it's just like a stand it's kind of sad
1: well you gotta put a,
2: a tree skirt on it to kind of I do. I escape it's,
0: that. <laughs> it's still missing the 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 trunk. Anyway, Rudy Giuliani is now hospitalized with coronavirus. Maybe he got it from that drunk woman because she was definitely at a bar. Or maybe he gave it to her. And, you know, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> it cracks me up. Like you see these people on on TV, like Wolf Blitzer. We hope Rudy makes a full and speedy recovery. Our prayers are with him. He's been flaunting the coronavirus guidelines for weeks. For months, I have no sympathy for Rudy getting coronavirus. And if he got seriously seriously ill, I'd be like, "Good. You deserved it."
2: Yeah. Sorry. Similar to the conversation we had when Trump got coronavirus. I'm I never wish ill on anyone, but if you're the kind of person who's going to run out into busy traffic, and be like, look, see, I haven't gotten hit yet. And then the day that you get hit, I'm not going to be fucking
0: surprised. (laughs) right? It's It's like,
2: what did you (laughs) think was going
1: to (laughs) happen?
0: If only Rudy would wear a mask, which he wasn't. Now Biden says he will ask Americans to wear a mask for 100 days, which, you know, good gesture, better than what we've seen from the current president. But is it? Is it going to do anything? Because the people who haven't been wearing masks are still not going to wear masks. The people who have been wearing masks are going to continue to do so.
2: Yeah, I think this is just a presidential gesture. Um, It's the kind of leadership that we've been sorely lacking this year and over the last few years. You know, if Donald Trump at the very beginning of this had gotten on the mask bandwagon, we would have had way more compliance with it. Um, Because you yeah. would have had people like us who would have already done it by default anyway, but he could have really gotten those 70 million people who voted for him to take this seriously. And I right. think Biden's trying to course correct whether or not it'll have much of an impact that remains to be seen. But he's also going to issue a mask requirement for federal buildings, uh, federal property and public transit. So that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. You know what they need? to do they need to do like a got milk campaign but for masks mask. so get a ton of celebrities <laughs> got masks. yeah there you go get a ton of celebrities to wear masks and put those up on billboards that might help a little bit i know republicans will still say oh those coastal elites
2: <laughs> and their way anyway,
0: there's st- There continues to be a lot of good vaccine news. The vaccines, specifically the ones from Pfizer and Moderna, seem to be moving pretty steadily in the United States. Laura, you found this tool to help us determine when we might actually get vaccinated. Yeah, so
2: the New York Times has a very short quiz that you can take to get an idea of where in line you would be for the coronavirus vaccine, and we've all done it. Um, it just basically asks how old you are, what county you live in, what profession you're in, and if you have any COVID related health risks. Um, and then you submit, and it shows you this nice little graphic of a line and it labels people like healthcare workers, people in nursing homes, first responders, et cetera, to kind of give you an idea of how the line is staggered. And then there's a red outline of a person that represents you. <laughs> In the line to give you an idea of what their model projects for you. um, Where did y'all end up in this line?
0: I haven't done it yet. I wanted to get my reaction full of disappointment live on air. I'm ready to hit the submit button. Here I go. Fuck. No, there's a lot of info here. Oh, I'm like dead last, it looks like. Yeah, I'm way at the end of the I f- squiggly I line. I figured you would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm third from the end. Same here. Which is probably as far as you can go. <laughs> you two, uh, how about you, Laura? I'm towards the
2: front of the line, yeah. not like the front front. What? Not the front front, but like why? What makes you special? Is it because you yeah, have asthma. A, well, I have asthma. Oh,
0: oh. and I'm uh.
2: you know it's a preexisting condition. I uh, am clinically obese, so there's that. <laughs> um, those are both considered high risk things. So,
0: I'm behind 2.4 million others in Nevada. So, and I'm in line behind 268 uh 268.7 million in the US. So, and then we also heard today that the Trump administration had a chance to buy more vaccines from Pfizer and for whatever reason Trump didn't. So, now Pfizer might not have more vaccines until June for the United States. I guess nothing's changing for 7 months. Gosh, darn it.
2: Well, if it makes you feel better, Andrew, I'm only behind 23 million people across the United States. Okay. So, you know, I'll be okay.
0: (laughs) States are beginning to receive and roll out their vaccines. They're starting to give them to those who need it most by as early as mid-December. So we're like a week away from this potentially happening. Uh, Talk is also heating up about getting everyone on board to take the vaccine. Facebook announced they are starting to take down misinformation concerning the vaccine. Bush, Clinton, and Obama, the three former presidents, are reportedly interested in taking their vaccines on camera to encourage everyone to take it themselves. That talk is starting up, and we're going to be hearing about it all year, unfortunately.
1: So, um, obviously, there is there's still some good news coming out about these vaccines, but um, there was a bit of disappointing news for people that follow the MCU because one of their stars, Letitia Wright came under fire earlier this week or just last week for sharing a video with a lot of misinformation. She kind of made a lot of different claims that were um, uh, unsavory to say the least, but uh, specifically she seems to be, uh, anti-vaccine and she got a lot of flack for this understandably so and the internet was quick to you know uh bring her under fire and then she retaliated by saying that she was being called out for using her brain because she says that you should question everything and not take things at face value I understand that point but also like we're talking about straight up Science. Right. Right.
0: And she's not using her brain. She watched a video on YouTube, which YouTube Mm -hmm. later took down because it violated their terms of service. You're not thinking for yourself. You got tripped up by a video. And I don't know if if, Pam, you mentioned this. You mentioned the MCU, but she plays Shuri in in, uh, Black Panther. Yes. Considered to be potentially the next Black Panther in those films. She just looks like an idiot. Apparently, this video had transphobic views in it, too. Like, there were all kinds yeah, of problems with it.
1: Seems like perhaps a climate change denier as well. And-
0: Read the room. How do you not realize yeah. that saying something like this is going to get you in trouble and sharing a video like this? I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She has uh, since deleted her social media accounts as well, <laughs> which I I mean, I hate when That happens to anybody, specifically women, because women in the Marvel universe and also in the uh, Star Wars universe have disproportionately been led to delete their social media handles for um, onslaughts of hate. But in this case, I understand why people were upset and it wasn't anything to do with her personally. It was mostly because of the misinformation that she was spreading. Exactly. And the
2: thing that bothers me about this is I think it's totally okay to have questions about things and, you know, use your brain to ask questions about a vaccine if you want to understand it better. But we all have to remember that this isn't the first time we've made a vaccine. We've been making them for quite a long time. And um it's not like this vaccine is gonna have some super dangerous secret ingredient that other vaccines don't have. Um so I'm presuming Letitia Wright has her other vaccines. <laughs> so I- I'm just a little bit confused. Hope so. Yeah, am I'm-, I'm just a little bit confused about like what the impetus is here. And I think that it's people being afraid. And not knowing what to do with that fear. So they're misplacing it on these like conspiracy theory narratives. Um, And unfortunately, as she learned, she was willing to pick. (laughs) Rex just said microchips. Um, Yeah. People think that there are microchips in the coronavirus vaccine. That's a thing.
0: There better not be.
2: (laughs) I want to assume positive intent here. And I want to assume that she's just got some concerns and uncertainties related to the vaccine. But the problem with taking this, you know, particular YouTube videos word for that is that she was also endorsing content that was expressing transphobic viewpoints and climate denier viewpoints. I don't know what her views on those things are. I would like to assume that she's not transphobic and that she's not a climate denier, but her endorsing this viewpoint has to make everyone assume that she must have other controversial, incorrect, and harmful views that she's putting out in the world. And for somebody with her platform of influence, that's very problematic. And we actually, Andrew, you and I know somebody who was in a vaccine trial in the UK. I don't know if you've seen his updates.
0: Yeah, I can track him wherever I want now. <laughs> no, yeah, he he did go through that and he's fine and and good for him. I'm glad that he uh, participated in that.
2: Well, based on this, I wanted to plug my favorites over at the Pew Research Center. Um they released a study recently talking about um United States citizens' willingness to get the coronavirus vaccine. And some of these numbers are heartening and others are disturbing. So I'm going to give y'all some statements and ask you to fill in the blanks with the number that you think okay. is correct. So for this first one, overall, this percent of Americans say they would definitely or probably get the vaccine if one were available today.
0: Might be a little lower because they haven't seen the testing completed yet. So I'll say. 60 percent
1: i'm gonna be more optimistic and i'll say 80 percent i love your optimism pam
2: but andrew you were actually right on the money it's 60 (laughs) (laughs) percent. i actually thought when i was first reading this i thought that number would be lower
1: (laughs) i I thought it would be higher because people would lie and they wouldn't want to be like the asshole that says they're not going to uh take the vaccine so in order to save face they'll say yes Yeah, exactly (laughs) there
2: might be some of that going on here Okay, about this percent say they definitely or probably would not get the vaccine, although caveat here, although half of this group says they would change their mind once other people started getting vaccinated. So this group of people are like, probably not, but when I see other people get it and they don't die, then I'll do it.
0: Uh, 35 percent.
1: I'll say I'll say 52. I don't know why. Andrew was closer.
2: It's 39% say that they definitely or probably would not get the vaccine if it were available today. And then finally, this is like the dun, dun, dun group. This percent of US adults do not plan to get vaccinated and are, quote, pretty certain more information will not change their mind.
0: What are we at? Like 78 million people voted for Trump. And I bet a lot of those people are not interested in getting the vaccine. I'm going to say about the same as my last number, but I'll go a little lower. So I'll say 30%. I,
1: I was just going to say if, if if Andrew's first answer was right, 40, then, then I don't know, logically, maybe about 60% for this last one. Say so that they
2: don't plan to get vaccinated? Yeah. The answer is 21%. So yes. 21% of U.S. adults say that they do not plan to get vaccinated. So just remember that when you're out interacting in the world, 21% of the people <laughs>
0: that you're interacting with. One in every five yep. <laughs> are poisoned by COVID, <laughs> potentially.
1: I'm kind of worried that like, my grandparents are you know, maybe reading too much shit on Facebook because I was talking to them over the weekend about vaccinations and... You know, they were talking about oh, how they're boy. really sad because we can't come into the house or like we won't go in there and how we're not going to have Christmas together, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, grandma, you know, as soon as you get vaccinated, because you, you two will get there first, then, um, you know, I'll be over first thing. And she's like, well, I don't know if like we should get it because like, you know, I have a lot of health no. problems. And like, what if it kills me? And like, grandma, like if the doctor tells you to get the vaccine, then, get it. then they're not going to lie to you about potential right. risks, you know? Yeah. Then you should take it. She's like, okay, Mija, if you say that I should listen to the doctor, I'll listen to the doctor. It's like, bless, grandma. I'm glad that we did not have to have like a full on (laughs) argument about this. But now I feel like I'm going to have to drive you there myself to make sure that you're keeping good on the promise. Yeah.
0: And delete their Facebook accounts. Yeah. All right. Well, more to get to today. But first, we've all got holiday shopping on the mind and our sponsors do too. I want to tell you about Cratejoy. They are the world's first and only subscription box marketplace. You can shop over thousands of unique boxes and gifts for just about anything you can imagine. Create Joy makes it easy to find that perfect gift for anyone and everyone in your life. The hardest part of buying gifts is getting something cool and unique and Create Joy takes care of that for you. What I love about subscription boxes is you're getting some fun surprises every month and they're doing the hard work of picking things in a category that you or a loved one love. To me, it's like experiencing Christmas every month. And Crayjoy has boxes themed around everything under the sun. You'll find escape rooms and mystery boxes for adventures at home, cool cocktail kits and snacks for your next virtual happy hour, monthly book clubs in a box for every reader. And of course, they have proudly geeky boxes for every fandom. Even plant boxes I saw today. I think I'm going to subscribe to that one to get new green in my house every month. And best of all, you'll find reviews from customers like yourself so you can see what others think before signing up. That's great. So you can subscribe to these and know that people are already enjoying them. If you're looking to give the perfect gift or to treat yourself, you can shop thousands of subscription boxes all in one place. There's still time to find the perfect gift for everyone on your list. And as I said, this helps take some of that guesswork out. So like, maybe I know that Pam loves Selena. Well, maybe I could find a Selena box without actually having to go and find Selena products. That's a pain. Let somebody else do the work. And we can get you 30% off your first box when you sign up at cratejoy.com M-I-L-L. That's right. Sign up today at CrateJoy.com to get 30% off your first box and shop CrateJoy's holiday specials. CrateJoy, get joy delivered right to your door. Okay, we have a confessional now.
2: We do. Uh, COVID-19 edition. I'm trying to be responsible and not have any hookups as COVID gets worse. I was a little bad in the summer and hooked up with some fellow hospital staff. But as it gets worse and the hospitals are just always on outbreak, I have stopped to get me through this long winter. I am debating. (laughs) It's like Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. (laughs) I am debating getting some adventurous sex toys aside from the usual vibrator. Maybe something with thrusting ability. But I'm trying to grapple with the price I know it's responsible to stop hooking up during COVID, but is it responsible to spend potentially over $200 on a sex
0: toy? If you got it. (laughs) And I assume the more you spend, the higher quality it's going to be. And I know you two have spoken about this before. (laughs) It's important Mm -hmm. to... I'll cut this out. Do you want this in here? Oh, Doesn't I not Listen to the show. I, I okay. personally don't.
1: I don't care. But my family's not allowed to listen. But yeah, we've definitely talked before about how important it is to make sure you get like something that's medical grade silicone, because yeah. so, you don't want to. Yeah. Especially if you're looking for something with thrusting ability, you don't want anything up there that's not supposed to be there. Look,
0: I I assume these things last you a while as well. So if you think about how many years you might have it for, (laughs) that's a lot of banging, you know, 200 bucks. It
1: probably has like a rechargeable battery. So you're, you know, saving money on that. And Does it
0: have an app? That would be fun as well.
1: Yeah, some of them do. (laughs) It might also be um, shower safe.
2: So you might. Be able yeah. to use something like that in the shower and not worry about it. Um, I, Um, You know, honestly, I think if you have $200 to blow and it's not going to, like, put you behind on your bills and you can still live comfortably, I say go for it.
0: Can you please send us a link to this toy? We would love to know <laughs> yeah, honestly, what I'm a $200 sex too. toy looks like.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I- that maybe I, it's gold plated. I've literally, I've never heard of one this expensive, so I'm very curious. I mean, they can't get pricey, but
1: over 200. Maybe it's multiple toys.
2: We're getting some um, affirmation from the Discord people saying that their expensive sex toys are totally worth it.
0: Mm. Shelby so. says a lot of banging for your buck. <laughs> Here's a the tagline: Do sex toys have return policies? Can you imagine being in charge of like? <laughs> cleaning those? Uh, no. and i feel
1: like they probably just go straight in the trash
0: oh, <laughs> i don't think they man. even what take a waste. them oh really no no returns
1: no i i'm sure they they have like a, a a money back guarantee but who in their right mind is actually going to return a sex toy i'd be too embarrassed to do it
0: <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> i mean obviously you would clean it yourself if, you, if you're yeah, but respectable you just
1: take at that point
2: right I'm just cracking up because our Discord (laughs) right now is a mixture of conversation about sex toy prices and the chicken pox vaccine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These are two very important things,
2: clearly. (laughs) But there are some comments that are like, contextually could apply to either one of those
0: conversations. (laughs) It's great. Pam, what was trending this week?
3: Oh,
1: uh, Twitter is out here making all of us millennials feel old. And so I thought that it would be fun to kind of get in on this trend. Um, I saw this on Sunday. So just yesterday, and you might have noticed, too, that a lot of old school stores that are no longer with us were trending on Twitter. And it's because somebody tweeted, "Age yourself with a store. I'll go first. Radio Shack, I thought it might be fun if we aged ourselves with a store that is no longer in business. so yeah. how would you guys age yourselves with a store?
0: Definitely, Radio Shack as well. I used to go to a Radio Shack a lot, as everybody knows, I'm a nerd, and there was one that was biking distance away, so I would always go and it was always cool because they had like the latest r c cars and you know the little parts you can buy for every little thing in your uh home movie space, so to speak uh blockbuster was another big one too of course
2: what about like
1: hollywood video do you
2: remember oh, yeah. that we have
0: those oh. we had
1: we had one of those for me it would probably be borders and uh yeah. virgin records like probably anything virgin yeah. but there was a huge virgin Records store like i think three floors in downtown san francisco and i could spend hours in there and they had those little um like those little places where you could just like scan the barcode and you could like sample the album before you bought it oh
0: yeah those were yeah fun.
1: oh my god i could like live in there
0: Joel just mentioned one that i was about to say to zany brainy i
1: don't oh, know if that was a huge because i, don't know I, know what that was,
0: is. I remember it is. those it was a toy store but it was just yeah. a very colorful it was like the target of toy stores like you know like toys r us is like the walmart of toy stores zany brainy was like a lot cooler in there.
2: Did anybody have uh discovery zones? Do you guys remember? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had one in the Fancy Mall. <laughs> That's what we, we used to call the Fancy the Mall. Because all the stuff was ex- expensive. It's like it was right next to the Sharper Image, so they were both kind oh, of pricey Oh, Sharper Image. Yeah.
0: Kids yeah. It, 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 that was that a kids museum? Discovery zone? What was no, that? No,
2: it was it was like a Better Chucky e. Cheese.
0: Oh, okay.
2: It was like more extreme extreme. <laughs> indoor activities that kids could take part in like they had crazy slides and like arts and crafts and stuff like that
0: yeah uh, um, some uh, jewel mentioned the one
1: with the with the giraffe logo toys R us no 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 mm-hmm. there was like a the discuss. there was like there was a soft it's like a soft play place like with like you could do crafts and go down slides and stuff right oh.
2: i don't remember mm-hmm. what their logo was mm-hmm. what about a academy do you guys remember those
0: mm mm you don't what remember the commercial,
2: that? the right stuff, the right price, Academy. You don't remember That may have just those? been in the South, maybe. No. Maybe. Okay.
0: Rex mentioned Circuit City. Jewel also mentioned KB Toys. That was a big one in the malls. Yep, that was cool. And those damn robotic dogs that
1: oh,
2: they go God, around in circles.
1: Yes. Yep, I remember those. Yeah, Ta- Tower Records. Although there is, I-, I guess, there's still one that's thriving in uh, in Japan, so it doesn't really count. But also, mm. like. Like I I know that they just fi- they finally took out the amoeba that was out in in Hollywood.
0: Oh, I know. And they I'll say they're moving to that though. so
1: much. Yeah, I know. But like that building, it was you know, yeah, it was iconic. It was yeah. a good building. Yeah,
0: Chuck E. Cheese is still hanging on somehow, but that I know they probably won't last <laughs> another ten fifteen years. Unfortunately. See, I
1: feel like not after they... coronavirus, right?
0: Oh God, yeah. I
1: feel like they have
2: an opportunity to really go like the Five Nights at Freddy's route and just. <laughs> become like nostalgic, creepy Yeah, honestly, places for millennials to have fun.
0: Yeah, there is a Chuck E. Cheese kind of near us in Chicago. And during the pandemic, not like it's over, but maybe they're still doing this. They were selling their pizzas for $5 a pop takeout and i wanted to do that so bad because i used to love Chuck E. cheese pizza as a kid and pat thought i was too weird and creepy to go in there and get a pizza <laughs> at a kid's gymboree or kids you know arcade <laughs> um but you know what i one last point on Chuck E. cheese screw them for getting rid of all the robots they got rid of the oh, robots they don't have those anymore no that was the best part of Chuck E. cheese what watching their shows <laughs> huh? i'm so sad yeah and they redid chucky e., but you guys probably saw that Oh, yeah. Michelle said uh, McDonald's birthday parties. Yeah, they used oh, to yeah, do birthday parties. Oh, yeah. Those were parties. a thing. It was mm-hmm. rocked. They had trains you could sit in. Mm hmm. You remember that? Yeah. The, the you McDonald's could book the near whole me
1: has- play palace area
2: for oh, your man. party.
0: You were yeah. rich if you could do that.
1: They, they just redid the, the Play Palace that the McDonald's down the street from me. So I don't know who's going to be renting that out anytime soon.
0: But I could sit here and talk about that forever. But um, I know <laughs> we are <laughs> going to have one of our listeners join us in a couple of minutes. Kaylee, we have a couple of things to talk about with her. But first, I want to tell you all again about a wonderful service I've been using, Framebridge. FrameBridge makes it easy and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. FrameBridge is also the perfect way to give easy and thoughtful gifts. In just minutes, you can turn a photo from your phone into one of the best gifts ever. Here's how it works. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. You can preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece straight to you or anyone on your list. A handcrafted personalized gift from Framebridge starts at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at FrameBridge.com when they use our code Millennial. I've hung up two pieces from FrameBridge and I love admiring them every day. What really sets them apart are the frames. I got a couple of really earthy wooden frames that complement my space really well. This is the way to upgrade your home with gorgeous personal touches. Phones take such great photos and they deserve to be printed so you can admire them every day. And like I also mentioned, Pat and I went to Zion a couple weeks ago. Now I'm trying to decide what photo to print from Zion because they all deserve to be brought to life. You should figure out too what you want to bridge. Get started today, frame your photos, or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code millennial to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code millennial. Again, that's framebridge.com, promo code millennial. We're joined now by Kaylee, one of our base. Hi, Kaylee. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Tell us about yourself.
3: I live in Waukesha, Wisconsin, so I know Pat's love of Culver's and everything Wisconsin. I'm like right outside of Milwaukee um, because people won't know where Waukesha is, I'm sure. I work at an architecture and engineering firm um, as a lighting designer.
0: Okay, awesome. We hit a Culver's in Utah. That was a must because that's like the closest one to us. But anyway, so when you originally signed up to be a guest here on the show, and this was close to two years ago now, so thank you for your patience and your support (laughs) over the years, you had told us you were crafting as a side hustle. So I brought that up last week and you told me that you've since stopped doing that since it was too stressful. So I thought we could talk about managing one's work-life balance uh, could be interesting. So tell us why, what were you crafting and where were you selling it?
3: Yeah. So I was crafting, um, crocheted items. So like scarves, hats, um, I was doing some decor like pumpkins, um, and like just anything that kind of was accessory or, you know, smaller items. Um, I was crafting and making those and selling those at craft fairs. Um, and like, I actually chose craft fairs because in. Instead of like um, an Etsy page, because I thought that I could like gear up for like one point in time, and that would be less stressful for me. But it turned out to not quite be the case.
0: So, what was that moment where you realized that the side hustle was just more trouble than it was worth?
3: So, uh, the last crafter I did was last year in like October. Um, you know, crocheted things are typically like winter items, and I was in an outside, uh, outdoors craft fair. And yeah. like, it was just a ton of work to set everything up. And I was sitting there like freezing my butt off. And I, I was like, why am I doing this? Um, <laughs> just cause it was like a lot of time to gear up. Like I would start in July or August to get ready for a craft fair in October or November. So that's like half the year. Yeah. So I just realized that it ended up being just more stressful and more work that I was willing to put into it. And like, I have a problem with just saying yes and like getting my, like making myself more stressed and more involved in stuff that I really need to be. Um, right. And so I was kind of like doing the Marie condo, like tidying up my extracurricular life.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, good for you. Because I think in a lot of cases, some people just have a hard time letting go of things that they've been doing especially if it's a passion, you know it's like you hit a breaking point at some time and you're like, I just need to get out of here, I think this is just what's best for me. So so good for you. how much time was it eating up all this crocheting?
3: So I use it as an excuse to be like I'm totally doing something as I like binged a ton of stuff on Netflix So like it's a good I background was doing, activity right Yeah yeah uh, I was doing it like probably most nights during the week, starting in you know July August. Maybe it was like a couple of nights a week and then it would gear up closer to, you know, that October, November timeline. Um, Okay. Like it just always kind of permeated the back of my mind. And I was always so relieved when I was done. And I'm like, I shouldn't be feeling like that.
0: Right. I have too often this feeling where even when I think I'm done for the day, it just doesn't feel like I'm done for the day. Because it always feels like there's something else going on. And I'm so used to... This is going to sound a little egotistical, but I'm so used to always having something to do that I can't believe it when I don't have something to do. And then I feel like shit because I feel like I should be doing something. It's a vicious cycle.
3: Yeah. Like I've had to kind of come to terms with that, especially during the pandemic. Like I don't think I really understood what work life balance meant until like the pandemic hit and like I didn't have anything to do anymore. And I'm like, wow, this feels amazing. Like, I don't have stuff to do. I can choose what I want to do. And I can go to Culver's whenever I want. (laughs) I don't have to stress myself out. Like stress doesn't equal success, you know, like having good mental and physical health is way more important than, you know, any like resume builder thing that I could ever do.
2: That is sage advice for everyone, I think, because I think especially living in this country, we're really conditioned to be worker ants. You know, you alluded to this a couple minutes ago, but we're conditioned to feel like we have to suffer for our work. And if you're not suffering, then you're not working
3: hard enough.
0: Right. So what did you learn overall in this experience? I assume you're feeling a lot better.
3: Yes, I'm definitely feeling a lot better. I'm, I've am i learned like my emotional cues for when I'm getting super stressed out. Like the mm. other thing is that when I decided to stop doing craft fairs, like my last craft fair was a month before my wedding, and like that should tell you the the level of stress that I voluntarily put myself in. Um, Jeez, yeah. <laughs> and so, like after having a, a couple breakdowns from that, I was like, "All right, I, I need to be able to realize when I am too stressed out." And you know, I was gonna try to get there anyways. Like I was kind of divesting from. know the craft fairs all my um like i was involved in professional societies i was already divesting from that and then like having the pandemic there to to really make me divest like it's allowed me to just sit back and say you know and really realize what is bringing me enough joy or or you know good things in my life to deal with the stress Um, and I can, I know myself better, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think one issue is that people work, work, work to pay off debt, which of course makes sense. But then there's also that line where it's like, why are you working so much when you don't have any other life outside of this work. Is it really worth it? And I think people just get so bogged down in how busy they are. And to some extent, they're proud of it and want to kind of show it off, but they're not realizing that they don't have a life outside of work. And that's not really admirable.
3: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, and it, it took that point to be like, oh, this is this is what work-life balance means. This is why people talk about this. Like I always thought of it as, you know, you make sure you go home and you see your kids at night. Like, I thought of Mm -hmm. it in a very like specific terms. And it's like, no, I can like make sure I have time to go for a walk or, you know, do whatever.
2: Exactly.
0: Walks are so helpful.
2: Yeah. Or even just like if you're spending eight hours a day sitting down in front of a screen, just remembering to get up and go drink water. Like I know that sounds Mm -hmm. so basic and like it should be so easy. But for anyone who's been working from home for the last eight months or for some of us on the panel, it's been even longer it can be really easy to get swept up in what you're doing and not remember to take care of yourself.
0: I mean, one nice feature of the Apple Watch, sometimes these alerts are annoying, but it'll it'll remind you to stand if you haven't within the past hour. And that helps me a lot, actually, because time just sometimes flies by. And you're like, all right, it's 10 minutes before the top of the hour and I haven't stood up yet. yet. Let me stand up, go grab water like Laura said, or I don't know, use the bathroom or pet Brooklyn and then come back. It looks like Kaylee that you're at a standing desk. I saw you kind of wiggle back forth in a way. Yeah. Does that help you too?
3: Yeah. So uh, with all the sitting and working from home, my back is starting to hurt. So I've made sure I am standing more and like, like, I'm only 28. I shouldn't be having back problems.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Life as a millennial. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, I hear
2: you. I recently invested in some of those chirp wheels so that I can roll my back out and get some good muscle relief. But I'm also finding from all the sitting, it's really bothering my back.
0: Do you have like a standing mat, Kaylee?
3: I don't, but I'm on carpet. Um,
0: Oh, okay. So that helps. So
3: yeah, it's better.
0: I bought a mat and I'm asking Santa for like, they're really popular on Amazon. It's like, it kind of looks like a surfboard, but it's, it tilts up on the side. So you can kind of like wiggle back and forth
2: on it. Oh, yeah. I know the the balancing. (laughs) Yeah. Not a surfboard,
0: like a skateboard. So you can like work your
1: core, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you can just do things. You can keep your feet occupied. And that's really important because if you're at a standing desk, you're standing still. And you know how that can start to ache after a while because you're not moving any part of your body. So that's supposed to help that. Yeah. And I know, like, I know you mentioned craft fairs, Kaylee, but I know um, for anybody who might be interested in potentially joining Etsy, I've seen on Etsy stores that sometimes people will have like an away message on their Etsy store, but it's built into Etsy. And I think behind the scenes, you can check a box that will let potential customers know that you're taking a break. And I love that they're doing that because they're aware that people can sometimes be overworked on Etsy and they need time away.
3: Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, I don't know if I'll ever like go to the Etsy route, but Mm -hmm. um, because what I was afraid of is that I would get maybe this is assuming I would be way more successful than I would be but I was worried that I would get tons of orders like in a short period of time and I wouldn't be able to fulfill them um just yeah that it's could such be really long, stressful like craft to do uh, potentially long depending on the item so
0: okay cool well thank you for sharing that info and you also told me that your parents almost gave you and your husband COVID what happened there
3: yeah, so uh, I want to preface this story by saying, like, they're doing really well, and I wouldn't be as annoyed with them as I am if they, like, weren't doing well.
0: Because,
3: uh-huh. um, like, like my my dad got it first, and then my mom got sick, and she's, like, just getting over it right now, and she has asthma, so I was, like, worried about her. Um, But, yeah, like, we were supposed to have them over for Thanksgiving, just the two of them, um, you know, and they haven't been completely in, like, our or circle that of people that we see but like we've seen them over the pandemic it's not like they're totally new to our circle Mm -hmm. so I was like all right this is fairly safe at least we get to see some people um and so like Thanksgiving morning my dad calls me and he's like so I got a COVID test and it's positive I was just heading into work which like that was red flag number one like why are you heading into work after you've (laughs) gotten a COVID test um But yeah, like he he was like, you know, it's positive, so obviously we're not going to come up. And I'm like, okay, like, but how did you get a COVID test? He's like, do you have symptoms? Like, they don't just hand these things out. And he's like, yeah, like uh, the the 16th I started having symptoms, and I'm thinking like, they wanted to come up for my birthday on the 19th and drop stuff <sighs> off for me. Like, why were you not gonna? <laughs> yeah, why were you <laughs> not gonna tell started... me? Yeah, my mom started getting sick the Monday before Thanksgiving. Like, you couldn't have told me that you were at least going in for a COVID test that Tuesday. Like, I'm glad they yeah. got the test in time because, like, where they have come over anyways? I so important yeah,
0: thing I... to mention.
3: Yeah, Darn, I still Dad. need to talk to them about that and uh, <laughs> ask them about their decision making.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Kaylee, thank you so much for your support over the years. We really appreciate it. And you're going to hang around with us for After Dark today. And we have a couple of fun topics coming up, right, Laura?
2: Yeah, so we have a confessional that the writer specifically asked us to keep behind the paywall. So (laughs) it's pretty juicy. Um, We also got some feedback on the Airbnb topic that we discussed in After Dark a couple weeks ago. And then we're also going to be touching on pop culture events that have had an impact on our lives, kind of inspired by Pam and I ranting about Selena earlier in the episode. Uh You can tell that that was a big one for us. We'll touch on that one a little bit, um, but there are a couple of other ones that we want to make sure to make some time for. So definitely be sure to check that out.
0: That'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. And when you pledge, you'll get a special RSS feed that you can pop into many podcasting apps.
2: And along with that, if you're interested in supporting the show, there's tons of great bonus content available at patreon.com slash millennial. That includes our flagship benefit after dark that Andrew just mentioned, but also the millennial variety show, our discord, where you can chat with us and your fellow patrons access to our live recording studio every week, the ability to join us on an episode of the show just like Kaylee has today. Thank you so much for your support, Kaylee. Um, and so much more. Even if you're not in a place to part with your heart earned dollars however you can still support the show by subscribing to us for free on your favorite podcasting app and leaving a review we know it's been a rough year and we are so appreciative for your support financial or otherwise
0: indeed and now it is time for some recommendations so did y'all see bad moms the comedy twenty sixteen or so? Yeah. No. No. Um, Pam? Not even Pam? Oh, I thought no, you was Pam. Sorry. Darn it. All right. It's one of these it's one of these like shitty but also good, but also trashy comedies. Um, there was a sequel, Bad Mom's Christmas, and it's on Netflix. It was really freaking funny. The reviews are terrible. Don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes. Listen to me. It is laugh out loud funny. If you want a new Christmas movie that's super funny and that you haven't seen before, it's got an all-star cast of women. Check it out. Bad Moms Christmas.
2: I want to recommend Floor and Decor. Uh, Not sure how many states they're in, but I know they're in quite a few. This is great if you're looking to do some updating in your home or even a whole home remodel and do it for an affordable price. I've having I've been having to go there quite a bit lately because of the situation with needing to get our place fixed up after it got flooded. And honestly, if it weren't for the affordable prices that they have here, I probably wouldn't be able to do some of what we're doing. So Definitely recommend checking them out. They have some really unique tiles and things like that that I wasn't able to find anywhere else and at a price that was actually decent. So check them out. It's Um,
1: I wanted to recommend the Sephora perfume sampler. I know that Laura will understand why uh, this is a good gift, but if you're looking for a fun gift to give somebody. This is like my favorite default for anybody that does like to wear fragr- fragrances. They have them for men and also for women. Um, and it's like, I think about 70 bucks, but the person can choose a full size of whatever perfume they want because it comes with a little redeemable voucher. And a lot of the uh, perfumes that they include in there that you can redeem with the certificate are well over the price of the kit so um it's just a fun little christmas gift a little bit interactive and it's way better than you know trying to go in dark if you're looking to buy a fragrance for um, a partner for example uh, because they get to pick something that they
0: enjoy cool kaylee how about you
3: yeah so um even though i'm not in the side hustle game anymore uh, i have friends that are Uh, My coworker, Megan, she has an Etsy store called Created by Megan Elaine, and she has a lot of different items, mostly magnet sets, um, which are really cute and, um, like, forward uh, fashion. And they're, like, if you're looking for uh, an item... For someone that is not too expensive. Maybe you want to give like a small gift. Maybe this year has been rough on you. Everything's pretty much under $10. Um, So go and check her out. Nice. That's
2: awesome.
0: All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to today's episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. We also have our confessional on that website. Also, follow us on social media, Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you have a second, we would appreciate if you left a review for Millennial on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Millennial. If they have a review system, we like getting fresh reviews in there. So we would greatly appreciate that a lot. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew.
1: I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Kaylee. Bye, everybody.